What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we'll be joined by Jordan Kruger from the Lake City Reporter. He and I will start looking ahead to some of these bowl games. We'll break down the college football playoff, the New Year Six Bowl games, and how we think the Gators are going to fare against Virginia. We will also break down the recent coaching hires that have happened over the last week and how it impacts the Gators, the state of Florida, and the SEC. Here was my conversation with Jordan this week. Well, we got the playoff rankings. We have them. They're all set up. We got it. We we end up being what you I think you thought it was going to be Oklahoma. I did think it would be Oklahoma. I thought it was going to be Utah, so I got it wrong. But, but you did also say that you thought the most likely upset would be Oregon. Yeah, you so were, I you guess were I right about that. Partially uh, correct. Part, half credit. You did think though that it would take a Utah loss for Oklahoma. Yeah, to I do. I do think if Utah had won, they would have gotten in. And and that's once that happened, that opened the door. But man, we got a really really entertaining. Uh, Big Ten game. I mean, to have we had an entertaining Big Twelve game. Yeah, and we got I mean, we had it some. Was, it, it was a. Uh, it was really the whole weekend. Even, even Friday night's game between Oregon and Utah was entertaining. Yeah, I mean, Oregon kind of pulled away late, was, but I, I was I was I was kind of you know by the way it played out though and how things kind of shaked out on Saturday you knew what the top four was going to be. Some debate about the other teams. I've I've talked about it already on the podcast this week, and I, I felt like. The Gators got slided a little bit uh, in, in those rankings, but they finished ninth in the pl- college playoff rankings, and you thought they should have been maybe seventh or eighth. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they finished sixth in the AP poll. Yeah, seventh in the coaches' poll. In the coaches, I mean, if you want to put Oregon ahead of them because they were conference champ, I guess I get it. Uh, I mean, same amount of losses, but I definitely thought Florida you, should have been ahead of Wisconsin. You, at you, least you do have the you do have the common opponent in Auburn, which the Gators beat and Oregon lost to. And I mean, Oregon moved all the way up from what they, what were they? 13? Yeah. All the way to six. I mean, that's, that's a pretty steep climb. Yeah. You know, to, by just beating one team. And I, I, I mean, I, I feel like, uh, what it really comes down to is who did Florida lose to, which we, we know now that they were top five teams and, and more importantly, you're looking at the number 17, the number 18, the number 19, number 16. Florida would beat those teams if they got matched up against Yeah, them. I think they'd be and, Wisconsin. They're going to be Baylor. And probably going to beat Oregon. So, I mean, that's that's where it's at with me. And, and the, the biggest thing that I think, if you're a Florida fan looking at it all, is what if it was an 18 playoff? Gators would have been left out. And that's, I mean, I don't think that's right. Now, and, if there had been 18 playoff, maybe the committee would have put Florida 8. They would have had to, and I. I think, I think they would have. Yeah, you know, I, I think that that would have been an an issue to have them out, and you would have had a lot of Gator fans that had a gripe over that. But at, at the end of the day, this is what matters. Like at the end of the day, the ranking doesn't really matter because they're, they're they're. It still only matters for the top four, right? Really, because because here's what happens after the college football playoff, and that shakes out in the semi semifinal, the final, you get your champion. Everything else is determined by the AP right. rankings. Mm-hmm. Guess what? There's not another college football playoff rankings that are going to be put out. Nope. So wherever you finish in the AP poll or the coaches, if you want to subscribe to that, that's where Never. everybody's. <laughs> that's where everybody's going to remember where you finished this season. Agree, yeah. Not where you finished after the cut. The, and they were the go- and they were going to get up in the Orange Bowl regardless if they were seventh, sixth. That was Dan ninth. Mullen, That was Dan Mullen's point. He mm-hmm. was like, you know, hey. We were ranked three different spots in three different polls, but wherever we would have been ranked, we would have ended up with the same bowl game. Right. So, kind of irrelevant. But I think the fact that the Gators are six 
in the AP, that's going to allow them to move up to what? Top five? Top four? Mm. By the end of the year? I mean, depending Ch- on... Chances are the AP will probably lead the top four as it is. Just with the team move, depending on who wins the title. They usually lead the top four about the same. See, they could, it, I think they're probably going to be finishing six at the highest. Unless Georgia loses their bowl game and Florida wins. Maybe Florida hops Georgia, but... <sighs> I think LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma will stay top four regardless yeah, of how probably. things go down. Because of their under, you know, their record. Undefeated and just one loss and yeah. Um I could see if Oklahoma just got blown ab- out by LSU. Gets blown out by LSU. Of Florida would jump them. Yes, Maybe. because they're gonna you take into account how Florida played on the road at night at Death Valley, but it's also going to be. I mean, if Georgia, it, the Georgia, if, yeah, Georgia, if Georgia wins, Florida. yeah, that, and if they win, they're going to they're going to definitely stay ahead of Florida. Yeah. I don't so, think it really matters. So, though. but if you finish in the top six, I, I just think it, it it does make a difference. So if you can say you're number five, number six, even seven versus ten or nine, I just when you're on the recruiting trail trying to sell that, I just think it. I don't know, rolls off the tongue better. I think it's overrated. But I, I I think it does matter if we're talking about the context of a eighteen playoff. It, yeah, well, obviously, yeah, definitely. But I think they would have made it. I think if this had been an eighteen playoff. I don't. I think the committee. I think the committee would have spent more time on team seven and eight in the room of going through them. I think the committee would have eventually came to the point where Florida deserved to be over Wisconsin. I think that would have gone down. Yeah, I think I think they threw together some of these rankings a little too quickly. I definitely think so because you're not putting a ten and three. Wisconsin's not a better team than team Florida. Over a ten and two Florida team, mm. that okay. If you want to say that Wisconsin lost twice to Ohio State, well, Florida lost to LSU, they and lost Georgia. to Georgia, and they didn't lose to Illinois. Right. So that matters, and yeah. I, I mean that that's probably the biggest one that they got wrong. Again, I, I would have had Florida being behind Oregon, a conference champ. Again, I get it. Georgia, you're going to put them ahead of them because they won head the head-to-head. Head. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor, the fact that they went to overtime with Oklahoma, I mean, you do have to take that into account. Um, they went down to the wire the first they, time, too. So, and they finished, you know, they, they, they finished 11 and 2. Yeah. So, Same amount of loss, one more win. So, um, I thought Florida should have been eighth, maybe seventh, but they should have at least moved up. Yeah. Because, my whole thing is if if you're going to use championship Saturday to determine and move spots around within the top four, then that should apply to the rest of the top. Hundred no, percent. You know you can't just you can't just have that apply to some teams and with some games and not another. You can't move Oregon up from number thirteen to number six because they won, but then have other teams not drop at all because they lost. Yeah. So. Um, but look, there's going to always be bias. At the end of the day, what really only matters is the four and what bowl you're heading to. It didn't really change for Florida, and the top four didn't apply to them. So, no harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. They got the top four right, which is what matters. I give them credit, like I said earlier this week, for putting LSU number one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if they would have kept Ohio State number one, and I guess they could have had an argument because of how they played in the second half. Against Wisconsin, it was an impressive performance, but they just do not have the resume that LSU does. After the win to Georgia was added to it, mm-hmm. on top of everything else, and you know it's un- it's kind of unfair for LSU because you know that Texas win doesn't get counted, but at the time 
That was a huge win for LSU. I know, but you know what? You gotta look at it. You gotta look I, at it. I, under, I, I understand that, but they they don't get enough credit. I mean, that's not, and they have a really impressive resume, but that doesn't get that in this particular season. It happened to not help them in terms of what they put together in well, their body they, of work. But that's how they could crumble sometimes, man. Sure, but most but most years though, uh, uh, when you go and play Texas, that's gonna really bolster. Your argument. I haven't been that way in a while, man. Texas is basically Miami in central time zone. You can usually count on them to be a top 25 team, though. No, they've been so much 7-5 and five late, over the past decade or so. Yeah, I mean, they've, been like the, they've been like the Hurricanes. USC, Texas, and Miami have basically been the same team I, for the yeah, last but, decade. Yeah, but, but, but the way that they were headed with Herman, you thought that that's where they so, were. But, they but just, man, they dropped the ball. Well, you knew they weren't going to have a good season after Ellinger said they were back after the bowl win last year. You, you, you could see six and six, seven and five coming. That was that was not smart. No, him. man. I tweeted at the time when he said it. I was like, "What are you doing, kid?" <laughs> if you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Rap to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. The committee had the easiest. It might, it might have been the easiest year for the committee though, doing the top four. Yeah, there was no controversy there's, whatsoever. There's no way that you're. There would have been some if Utah had won, but there wasn't. So, and there's no way you're putting Oregon in over Oklahoma, the other not. the other conference champ. So they're not. Oregon's not up in arms about being left out. No. and and obviously you didn't put Georgia in, so uh, you couldn't put Georgia. No, you couldn't in. put Georgia. In. Good lord, you know the Florida football players were watching that game. Like, man, should have been us. Florida wouldn't have beaten LSU either. They would have not. They wouldn't. Have they wouldn't have gotten blown out. But they wouldn't have. Uh, they wouldn't. Have, they weren't going to be LSU either. I think there's only one team that can be LSU. Ohio State. No, I think it's Clemson. I think Clemson's going to be Ohio State. Mm, I don't know about that, my friend. Everyone keeps looking past Clemson. The I'm, I'm, they haven't lost since I can't. I can't remember the last time they lost. It's was it the Alabama in the, yeah, in the national championship? Yeah. I mean, I tell you what, though. I really want to see LSU Ohio State in a healthy want, in a healthy Justin Fields. But you know why I want that matchup. Why do you want that? Uh, why? Because Joe Burrow is a, in, L- in, in Ohio State. That was his former school. Yeah, he's the whatever, Ohio man. He's, he's the Ohio the, boy. I want the, that's Burrow. a great storyline. I want the number one NFL draft pick in 2019 versus the number one draft pick in 2020. I want to see Lawrence face off against Burrow. That's that's that's. Hey, I'm not going to complain about that either. Um, I think Clemson's going to Clemson might win the whole thing. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. I look past Clemson, man. Yeah. They are playing some really good football right now. Yeah, and 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 they will be able to score against LSU. Yes. There's no doubt about that. So, um, you know, Ohio State and Clemson are going to put up a ton of points too, probably. Sure. Now, before we get into these, uh, these coaching hires, let's let's talk about some of the bowl matches. So, do you, th- you think they got the rest of them matched up correctly? You think they got? Obviously, Georgia was going to the Sugar Bowl. They lost SEC Championship game. Sure. Baylor. It's an interesting matchup. I, I I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually looking forward. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that, that game. Uh, I think Baylor could put it on them. Yeah, I think they actually could too. I think Baylor's gonna score points on them. Um, the Rose Bowl was kind of what we thought it would be. Oregon, yeah, facing Wisconsin. I thought Oregon was gonna that's a, be there as the Pac-12 runner-up. But that's a clash of two worlds right there in terms of their styles. I think Oregon will probably win that game. Um, so look at can we just? I mean, Alabama is just so weird so to we, see them not first time they were making a, the playoff. Not, but not just playoff. They didn't even make a. New Year's Six. I know they're in the I mean, they're, they're in the in, Citrus Bowl against Michigan. God. They're in the VRBO <laughs> Citrus Bowl. Poor, poor, poor Jim Harbaugh, man. He 
Probably hoping he was going to go out the season with a bull win and what? get stuck with Alabama. What the heck happened to Buffalo Wild Wings? It used to be the Buffalo Wild Wings Citrus Bowl. And they lost their sponsorship, man. No, yeah, they lost their sponsorship. Man, you know these sponsorships. Dude, these spon- they like, change every year. They like they go in and out. They go in and out, man. Are all carriers though? They still hold on to that New Orleans Bowl sponsorship. What 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 other the walk ons in the Pennsylvania Bowl kills me though. That's where Miami's playing. They play Louisiana Tech. Well, I mean that that's kind of fitting for Miami season, if we're yeah. being honest. So I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm driving back to Lake City this day. I won't have to watch it. What other uh, matchups uh, intrigue you that that kind of got paired? Um, I think Penn State Memphis is interesting in the Cotton Bowl. That should the be group pretty of good. Five. Penn State was I, a, I, Penn sucks. State was a last at large team in a big in, in a big six. They finished, I think, what tenth in the rankings. They're right behind yeah. Florida. So, so we're, we're, we'll talk about Mike Norvell, but it, it, it sucks yeah, he's that not he's coach. not going to coach. I know that sucks. He said he said yesterday that he wasn't going to coach. Like, come on, dude. I know. I, I mean, coached him. Like Urban Meyer set that precedent that you can do that. Right at, at, at Utah. I mean, he coached Utah and their and their big you know BCS bowl, and was still at Florida. So you got Jeff Scott. That's gonna keep coaching Clemson after just kind getting. Of what he asked, he's at the playoff almost. See, I mean, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, I agree I, with you. Norvell I, should be coaching 100. percent Not only that, but let's let's be honest. For him as a head coach, for his experience, for his game preparation, for being able to take a team through that New, a Year, good, New Year's Six a good, experience against a good team too, dude, he needs that. I agree, and I I I think that that's a mistake to not coach that game. I 100 agree with you. So. I think Florida's gonna kill Virginia in the Orange Bowl. It's, it's not gonna be close. It's not gonna be close, dude. I mean, you never know. I mean, Mendenhall's a good coach. Maybe he'll keep it competitive. Come he lost with, to Miami. Come out with a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> he lost to Miami, dude. Yeah, man. So I, I, wait, said, wait, wait. I, I said back. he's a good coach. We gotta talk about Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. <laughs> what a sponsorship, man. Florida State's against Arizona State. I mean, did you see what? Florida State social media team put out this week about Baby Yoda. Oh man, what's what's with them, man? How, how many social media managers do you think they've gone through? I don't know, man. But it's new. They got to find new, another one. New coach, same bad Twitter. Yeah, account. I know. It's like, just like it, what's even funny is if you go look at that tweet and you read the replies, there's FSU fans in the replies that like to delete their account. That's why, that's how bad it is. It's it's uh, pretty lethal when it when it comes to oh, man. the memes that they make and the and just the such so, negative pushback that they so get. bad, dude. But we'll we'll get into the coaching hires. But man, what a funny name for a for a bowl. So, what do you think of the coaching hires? We we got Eric's thoughts on. Um, he thought the Lane Kiffin hire was was exciting, which I think it is too for uh, for Ole Miss. Yeah, I I um. Obviously, we'll let's start with we mentioned Norvell. Let's start. We'll start Norvell. Okay. All right. I'm gonna be honest. You didn't like his press conference. I'm gonna be honest. It. I'm gonna be honest. And FSU fans liked it, but you didn't like it. I wasn't that impressed. All right. I, like, let's hear it. I mean, look, he didn't say anything bad, and he said a lot of good things. He said Florida State was gonna get back to their winning ways. But I just the winning was around the corners, something like that. I don't want to call say it was a deer in the headlights. I don't want to say that he wasn't comfortable in his own skin, but I just felt like there was a little bit of nervousness. The moment kind of seemed like it was a little bit overwhelming for him. Mm-hmm. And I felt like he was trying to oversell himself and what he was about, what he was going to bring because he felt like the stage was so big. Yeah. Instead of just being up there comfortable 
and you know owning it and and I don't know I, I just he was yelling <laughs> like there were a couple points in the press conference where he's just yelling um he didn't strike me as a guy that had been there before and he hasn't so in in terms of that stage and that magnitude of a program and the expectations that are going to come with it now in terms of X's and O's and, and being able to, I think, be a good recruiter and put staffs together. He checks a lot of box, yeah. boxes. But I just like – people always talk about winning the press conference. And he, he didn't lose the press conference. But I like – I was front and center for Dan Mullen's press conference. And I came away from that feeling like, dang, this dude knows what he's doing. He's been around the block. You could tell that the guy had been in the SEC for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he knew what it t- took to win. And he wasn't, like, ever trying to, like, he was never never yelling. It just wasn't uh, trying to oversell himself. He, he was kind of comfortable in what his resume was and what he was going to bring to the table. Well, you know how I feel about press conferences. It was yesterday. They're overrated. Introductory press conferences are overrated. And, and again, it's all talk at the end of the day. Right. It really doesn't matter. Al um, Golden had, had one of the better, best press conferences I've seen when he was hired in Miami, and he was an awful coach. Manny Diaz had a great intro. You were pumped after it. I was pumped for Al Golden. And then Manny Diaz had a great press conference last year, and his first season was uh, flushed down the toilet. So, you know, intro, you know, I think you said it. I think it might have been you said it yesterday. You, you, you know, you, it's easy to win a press conference. You don't want to lose the press conference. I don't think Norvell lost the press conference at the end of the day. He did not lose it. I just, watching it from a media perspective and having covered a lot of coaches and having seen a lot of introductory press conferences – um, I just felt like the moment was kind of big for him, and it was. I mean, he would it wasn't like he would deny that. I, and I just, you know, he tripped up on his words a couple times. You could tell he was nervous. Well, he was nervous, and um, I I just feel like the Gators are a big test in in a big hill that he's got to climb. Yeah, well, FSU's gonna have to give Norvell some time because hopefully, I, I mean, we'll see. Unless he's incompetent like Tiger was. Tiger was just incompetent. They had to get rid of Tiger. Yeah. But. And we will see where things go with Miami and Manny Diaz and how he's able to compete with the other in-state rival. But right now, Florida is just a step above everybody else in the state right now. And I, I think it comes back to Dan Mullen and what he, everybody at this level, and I think more times than not, knows X's and O's. They know the game. Mm-hmm. They know how to scheme stuff up. They know how to study opponents and game plan and what have you. Um, but can you do all the other things that it take at a major program to have success? I mean, everybody has well, talked that's about Tiger, That's Tiger was in over his head. Over. That he was and unorganized. I, and part of me feels like Manny's all, Manny Diaz is kind of in that boat, too. I think and, he was a little in over his head this year also. And, and it, wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't be the biggest shock being a first-time head coach. And it's the same right. thing that falls on Will Muschamp. Everybody knows – that guy knows defense, and he's always got a great talent. He always knows what he's doing from an X's and O's standpoint. But his first time around at Florida, there was a lot of things that he just didn't know how to do and run within this program. And I keep going back to what Mullen is doing so well and having success with. I think it's rooted in the fact that he was able to get that figured out at Mississippi State, get a blueprint of his own. And the way, the fact that he made it work in Starkville, with the Bulldogs in the SEC West, and he didn't burn out, he didn't get fired, he didn't have to go jump to another job mm-hmm. because it was too much to handle, mm-hmm. that is carried over to Gainesville. And now he's able to take all that and put it in and pair it up with the program that has all the resources, has all the athletes, has the tradition and all that stuff, 
And um, I think it's going to be a challenge for Mike Norvell and for Manny to, to compete with that until, until they can go out there on the field and prove it like Mullen has now two years in a row because that's when you start to turn the corner. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I do – let's not hide the fact also that – Though beating Miami and Florida State right now is really only a feather in their cap recruiting-wise. I wouldn't really – it's not, not even big wins anymore. I mean, Miami's beaten Florida State the last sure. two years and really meant squat, so – yeah, and and we can't also discount the fact. The last I know, three years I, I, I know a lot of people don't like to talk about this, especially if you're covering FSU, because it's not appropriate after a coach has been hired. But I mean, let's face it, he was what the. I mean, we don't know who. How He's many the only people, person offered he, the he job. He don't know how reportedly. many people was officially offered the job. Okay, but all those people that were vetted before him and more seriously than him and were in deeper talks than him. Would have gotten the job had it reached yeah. that point, and I mean we can't discount that fact that that he was not number one, number two, probably not even number three. FSU, FSU tells you he was number one now, okay. but because okay. they, they, they have nothing else to say. But of course they do, and yet all these other people that met with them and were in talks with mm-hmm. them and got contract extensions based on those talks, just yeah, that, that just didn't happen. Yeah. So. And again, that that's not to knock Norvell because Dan Mullen wasn't Florida's first choice, as we all know from the Chip Kelly uh, episode. So, but so, somehow it, it worked out great for the Graders. So, and uh, speaking of Willie Taggart, though, he just got hired by FAU today. He did. He got hired by uh, Florida Lincoln. Atlantic. He's bounced back on his uh, feet, I guess. From good spot FSU. for him. I think that is a good spot for him. Many thought that he might. In the back at USF, yeah. but they chose to go with Jeff, Jeff Scott. Scott. Good hire. I thought that was a good hire, too. Which plays a role here at Columbia with, you know, uh, Marquez Bell, who, who decommitted last week. It, it does. And, and, and uh, Jordan, Jordan Smith. Smith and Levante Camille are taking official visits at USF this weekend. Um, I think they might be a little it, on the fence, too. So It also plays a uh, factor with Florida because uh, he has been able to come into the Sunshine State and recruit several receivers and get them to come to Clemson. So... That's a guy now that is uh, no longer a threat for the Tigers on the trail. And I don't know how much that would help the Gators with C.J. Henderson's little brother, Xavier Henderson. He's a top 100 guy out of Miami. And it's a Clemson-Florida battle. And most people thought the Tigers would wear, would be the team that he chose. But maybe Scott leaving could potentially change that. We'll, we'll see. I think, so, I think Scott also staying going to USF is going to help maybe kind of bring that recruiting class kind of back. Together, a lot of kids decommitted. I think maybe Scott he's can a get great those recruiter, yeah. and he's, he's a smart obviously guy and... obviously good with the X's and O's and calling plays at Clemson. So, um, good good hire for USF. I think that Willie Taggart is a is a good hire for FAU. They they went with a a big name before that had had some success, had some failures, but I think that at the at this level, Taggart can kind of turn it around and, and find a way to get his career back on track. Um, he was able to win at South Florida. Yeah, so if he, he, won ten, he won double digits. You know, if he went, did he that there, wins, he so. can do that at Florida. He can do that at Florida Atlantic. Atlantic. And Lane Kiffin's coming off of what eleven and three, ten, ten and three season. So speaking of Lane Kiffin, let's let's. That was the other. That's the that's the big one, man. Outside of, I mean, outside of Norvell, um, I like it, man. I love it. I do too. I and, and and here's why I love it, and I didn't really think about this until I heard his press conference and. His reasons for why he chose Old Miss, because remember, he was reportedly in talks and negotiations, whatever, however far that got with Arkansas. 
and that kind of just shifted toward the Rebels once that job became open and they were able to swoop in and get him to come to well, Oxford. This is a much better job in Arkansas. It is a much Ooh. better job. At the end of the day, though, I mean, let's be honest. Neither one of these teams, I mean, they've been to the SEC championship game. At least Arkansas has. But, I mean, Ole Miss and Arkansas, at least recently, really haven't been relevant in the West. Uh, at least not since Hugh Freeze left. And Arkansas hasn't been since the Darren McFadden Yeah, so, run, so. But from, from Lane Kiffin's standpoint, the reason why he was attracted to Ole Miss, and not just maybe so much over Arkansas, but just in general, was a couple reasons. One, when he was at Alabama and they had all that success and all those national championships and went on that run, they only lost to two teams. And they were both to Ole Miss. Ole Miss yeah. So he remembers that, that it can be done there against you know a dynasty. If you can beat a dynasty that was the Crimson Tides and still is, I mean, that says something about what can be accomplished there. Number one, and I think that to him, I think proved all he needed to know about whether he could get a roster together that could compete with Alabama, LSU, and anybody else in the SEC. But here's also why he liked it, and I think why Dan Mullen probably stayed in Starkville. He stayed at Mississippi State for almost 10 years and went after it each and every year in that division, which I think everybody would agree is the best division in college football, the SEC West. Mm -hmm. If you're a competitor and you're a real coach and, and, you know, you you got that fire in you and you want to be the best and you want to go against the best, what better place to be coaching? Even if you have a team or a program that's considered inferior, maybe not one of the top tier schools, you still want to be, at the end of the day, you're still one of those teams. You're still one of those hats at the table. You have a chance to go against the best coaches, the biggest atmospheres in college football. And I think that's what drew Dan Mullen to Mississippi State. That's probably what kept him there. And eventually he was able to get over the hump against some of those teams several times. And for Lane Kiffin, he specifically said, "What they go, what are you going to do going up against the West where you got to compete against Nick Saban and you got to compete against Ed Orgeron and you got to compete against Gus Malzahn? And Lane Kiffin was like, that's exactly why I'm going. I want to go... And be it across the sidelines that's from the those guys. Coach, that's the kind of coach you every want every Saturday. At your, at your, you know, running your program. And the fact that he said like that's that was really like some of the motivating factor behind taking the job. I think that's awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and and I think that speaks to who he is. He's a competitive guy, and he's always been that way, dating back to when he took that Tennessee job and was taking shots at Urban Meyer. And um, I think he's great for the SEC. I think it's good for college football. And I think that unlike the mess that kind of happened at. USC, he's learned from it. He's learned from Nick Saban, and he's gone to Florida Atlantic and proven that he can bounce back and that he can have championship teams. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And you know, hey, Gators go to Oxford next year, so we got a Mullen Kiffin matchup already. Right, get get a popcorn ready. And and I think also too, I got to add this in there that Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin are like a match made in heaven. I think that their personalities and his style and that offense, um, that's that's going to be fun to watch. 
Appreciate Jordan for joining me on today's show to look ahead to some of these bowl games and recap all the recent coaching hires. On tomorrow's show, we will preview another big recruiting weekend for the Florida Gators and bring you some comments from UF basketball coach Mike White. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.